Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Softy and Hawk Blogger podcast. This is Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. Joining you in a ordinary, calm, you know, run-of-the-mill week uh, where everybody is focused on NFL football and nothing else. Um, Dave, <laughs> at SoftyKJR on Twitter. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I got a, a, a great idea for this game on Sunday. Um, first one to 270 wins. How's that sound? Oh, Buffalo. Okay. As long as it's the Seahawks, I'm okay with that. You like that? Which which team is most likely to give up 270, and which one is most likely to score 270? Which I guess is the same question, just different ways. Well, you know, I like how you're starting right at the end. I mean, I I think the Seahawks are in good position to score a lot of points in this game. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean. Look, Dave, I mean, they, the least they've scored is 27 points in the right. rain after scoring yep. zero points at halftime. Yep, yeah. And they're going against a defense that actually is – like this is after going against – San Francisco and Arizona's defenses are pretty highly ranked. Mm -hmm. The Bills are not. So yeah. I, I, think, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of reason to think the Seahawks uh, are gaining their groove and even accelerating on offense. Well, it'd be nice to have Chris Carson back. He's not playing again Sunday. He's out. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Upati, Chris Carson out on offense. Uh, Benson Mayoa, Shaquille Griffin, uh, Ugo Amati on, on defense. So that sucks not to have Chris, but getting Carlos Hyde back, getting DJ Dallas, which I want to ask you about him in a second. Um, you know, getting those guys back, uh, you know, after a couple weeks is great. But look, man, I mean, this offense, uh, Brian Schottenheimer's on the show today at, at five o'clock. So we'll ask him, but I, I even feel like, like you said, I, you know, I like the way you phrase that there. They're just kind of getting their groove, meaning there's more there for this offense. There's, there's more meat on this bone. I think they can get the tight ends involved even more than they have. They can certainly run the ball better at times than they have. Uh, I think guys like David Moore uh, and Freddie Swain uh, have, a, have a great future with this football team. So I, I think they're just kind of scratching the surface, honestly. And that may not result in more points, by the way, necessarily. Better drives, higher third down conversion rate, things like that. But I, I think this offense, hell, man, if you were to tell somebody after seven weeks, seven games, they'd be ranked number one in offense in the NFL. This offense, as you know, and Russell Wilson, traditionally, they pick up steam as the year goes by, not the yep. other way around. So I'm, I'm fired up for what these guys are going to do in the second half of the year. Well, you know, there's a name that, that you mentioned that is, is a good one to bring up here, which is David Moore. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons it's important to mention him is because Wednesday, or excuse me, it's Thursday, he showed up on the injury report. And yeah. I don't know if you saw that. He, he didn't practice. He didn't. He wasn't on the injury report Wednesday. And then he was on it um, Thursday as out with an mm -hmm. ankle back, you know, issue. Mm -hmm. That's usually not a good sign. Um, right. He is not on the injury report at all, um, you know, today. So, all signs look like he's going to play. And this is a guy that I still think is a little bit underappreciated. You know, I mean, he only has 16 catches, but it feels like more. And it's, he's got 16 catches and 20 targets. Yeah. He's got three yeah. touchdowns and he's done great when they've given him the ball and, and, you know, end arounds been a good punt returner. Like I feel like he's having a really solid season. Yeah, a couple of times I'd like to see him make better decisions on punt returns, but outside of that, I mean, nobody's perfect. And I think he's been fine. And 
I mean, he just looks better, right? Like physically, yeah. if you look at his body. He looks like he's put on weight. He looks like he's put on muscle. He looks a little yoked and toned versus when he first showed up. And this is a guy who was at a, a small school in Oklahoma, obviously. So coming to Seattle would be like you and I going to the moon, for God's sakes. He's got access to, you know, training tools and techniques and trainers and things that he never had access to in his life. So I think he looks good as a wide receiver. And I'll tell you what, you know, we talked about that with DK Metcalf on the show, Brian, this week that I, I don't know if there's a more intimidating offensive player, maybe outside of Marshawn, right. But a little bit of a different body style than DK Metcalf. You may have seen the mic'd up segments this week with the Hawks and Lockett's talking to DK Metcalf before the game about how a great teammate he is and all that and DK's laughing. And so you got kind of a different side of DK Metcalf, but when he's lined up, one-on-one -on -one against the corner and he's got that dark visor and those biting bullseps at 6'3", 230 or 225. I don't know if we've ever had a guy that even looks like him, let alone plays like him. I mean, Mike Williams was pretty intimidating for a while back in the day, but he had a cup of coffee here. So, I mean, dude, you and I have been Seahawks fans for a long time. We're watching something we've never seen before ever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, closing the book on the David Moore thing, they definitely I'm got sorry. <laughs> no, they, they got they got their money's worth with two seventh round picks. David yes, Moore and Chris yeah. Carson, both in the Absolutely. seventh round. Amazing, amazing get. Um, and then DK Metcalf, I wrote, you know, weeks ago, like he is Cam Chancellor at receiver. And that yeah. is a crazy, I mean, he looks, he actually physically, they, they that's the body type that's most right. similar to what he is. To think about that and to think about that he is significantly faster than Cam Chancellor, oh. but the same oh. size. And you saw it in those plays against the 49ers where those guys were trying to lay DK Metcalf out. He wasn't moving and they were writhing on the ground in pain. Like this guy is, he's unlike anyone. Forget that the Seahawks have had, there's no one in the NFL. There's literally yeah. never been anyone in the NFL at any position that's been 220 pounds or heavier and run as fast as he's run. Right. He is, he is one of a kind. And what's great is, He's just now starting to realize some of the finer points of the position. I put this on Twitter earlier this week and people were all over the place on this. I want to hear from you. What percentage of the way do you think he is to his full potential? Is he 80% of what yeah. the, he will eventually be? Is he 90%? Yeah. Is he 50%? Where do you think he is relative to his potential? Well, if, he, if he's 90%, then I, I, I think he's in trouble. I mean, he shouldn't even be 90. He, he should be nowhere near that right now. He's, he's played 23 games in the NFL, right? I mean, he's, he's not even to the midway point of his second year in the National Football League. So, and look, what does that next step or those next steps look like? It could look like stuff off the field that we don't see. Preparation, breaking down film, for example, the way he eats, the way he takes care of his body uh, off the field. Uh, route running, things like that. I mean, his route running will get better. There's no question about that as the year goes by. And I think his route running right now is actually pretty damn good. I mean, I think Millen, Hugh Millen kind of hit the nail on the head when the, uh, when the Seahawks drafted this guy. He said he was criminally underused at, at Ole Miss from a route tree perspective because clearly the guy can run every route. Go back to the game on Sunday. He, he's running every single route in the book, including that slant route that you talked about where he catches the ball across the middle turns the corner, beats three guys, and gets to the end zone. So I, I just don't know what the weakness is. I mean, obviously, every now and then he's got the drops. There's no question about that. 
Catch percentage, I'd like to see it be a little higher uh, than what it is right now in the, in the mid to high 60s. But that's going to happen with a guy that's running post route, you know, or, or, uh, uh, fly patterns, you know, post routes, go routes, things like that. I, I, I think he's probably right now, as far as, take, you know, where is he? Maybe 40%, maybe 35, 40%. I think he's less than 50%. But again, that may not show up in better numbers down the road. It may show up in a more economical wide receiver. Maybe he'll put up. 1500 yards and 16 touchdowns but instead of needing 150 targets to do that maybe he needs 120 to do something like that down the road so yeah I, I think this guy's got a long way to go man and that's scary that's it's it's funny I said the same thing I said 30 to 40 percent people are like you're crazy I'm like mm-hmm. I think this guy even just just from route recognition um understanding how defenses are playing with him uh, you know, getting to where he's got just absolute bread and butter routes that he and Russell have mm. timed perfectly yeah. where they don't yeah. even have to think right. about it. And the amount of separation that they need for that play to be completed will just be nothing. Um, I think that he's got a long way that he can still go. And I think if you look at the, the jump he's made from year one to year two, everything we know about his work ethic, uh, his physical talents, I just, I think the sky's the limit. And you know, it's interesting. Like, I think one, I don't think he's the best receiver on his team. I mean, I think he's the most talented receiver. Mm -hmm. I think Tyler Lockett is the best receiver on this team. If you look at all the finer points of what it means to be a receiver. Oh yeah. Yeah. But over that, you said like, have we ever had someone like him? I don't know about you, Dave, the, the, the most fun, the most fun I ever had watching a receiver for Seattle was Joey Galloway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had favorite like Doug Baldwin. I love, you know, there's other been other great receiver. Brian Blades was one of my favorites growing up. But Joey Galloway was one of those guys who was just an athletic phenomenon, just so fast. No one could cover him. And when he got going, nobody could hold him down. Yeah. Yeah. He's like that kind of player. And the Seahawks have not had many physically just no. elite alpha receivers. Well, the problem with Joey Galloway, what really hurts him is the Seahawks, for the most part, stunk when he was in Seattle. Yeah. So it's like it's like Ichiro, not comparing Joey Galloway to Ichiro at all. Ichiro is a Hall of Famer, of course, but you know, it would have been nice. And that's the difference with D.K. Metcalf is that D.K. Metcalf is going to play on some of the better teams in Seahawks history. Will they be the best teams? We'll find out. And I mean, just like Russell Wilson, man, I mean, you think about the soft landing for D.K. Metcalf. When he shows up here, he's got an established quarterback. He's got an established running back in Chris Carson. You know, he doesn't have to be that guy that goes number one to a two and 14 football team and has to be the reason why the offense kind of takes that next step. So, uh, you know, no disrespect to Dave Craig and Steve Largent, but, and it's funny that you mentioned Lockett because I think right now the best combo in team history is Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. I think those two guys together will go down as the best one, two punch stats wise, even connection wise in Seahawks history, but DK Metcalf's got a chance to pass him. And I'm already getting concerned about signing this guy in a year from now, you know, after year three, I mean, Brian, I'm telling you, dude, this guy's going to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. If he keeps this up at this pace in one year from now, next off season, after year three, He's going to be the highest paid wide receiver in the National Football League. They're going to be paying their quarterback and DK Metcalf $50 million combined, if not more, to both those guys. And you know what? It'll be worth every penny to get the guy locked up as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, it, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. There's not a number that you wouldn't go to for DK Metcalf. When you've got him and Russell Wilson right now, yeah, you know, that's potentially 10 years of sure. like some of the best 
offensive chemistry Absolutely. production you're going to see anywhere. So and it's Lockett, awesome. It's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, go ahead. But, but Lockett's got what four or five good years left in the NFL. I think oh, at least. So you're talking about for half a decade, five, for five, six years, you're going to have this trio of Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So yeah, this is good times ahead, man, for Seahawks fans. It's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've seen great, great quarterback and receiver, you know, groups over the years, you know, but even like Tom Brady didn't have any, like he had a few players for a long time, but not, you know, he had like Edelman for a long time, but right. he didn't have Randy West Moss Walker. for that long. Yeah, right. Wes Welker for a bit. He had Gronkowski, but like, you know, you go back and you think about Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt, like they had quite the run with the greatest show on turf, but yep. there just, there aren't that many, like you obviously had Joe Montana and John Taylor and Jerry Rice. Um, you know, it was a, obviously a great trio, but it's hard to keep trios together. Um, oh, I, yeah. You know, and so I think, I think it'll be interesting to see Seahawks also have an offensive line that's playing really well. And I think they're going to have to pay some of those guys as well. They don't have a center for next year. So Ethan Postick mm-hmm. is a pretty good position. So yeah. um, I, I've got to ask you this other question though, Dave, um, they are getting some guys back this week for the Bills yeah. game. Um, yeah. And, and at least two of them that we know, Carlos Dunlap will play his first game as a Seahawk and Jamal Adams is coming back after missing right. four games. Right. Who are you more excited to watch play? On <clears throat> you know, it's well, I said this on the air, so I'll just I mean, we I brought this topic up and I said outside of Jamal Adams, the list of players that were out for the Niner game when they were up 37 in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I, I put a list on Twitter of all the guys that were out. And I think, look, obviously getting Jamal Adams back is is, is huge. But I, I, I'm just so curious to see what Carlos Dunlap can do. If this guy can be anywhere near the guy he was last year, two years ago uh, for Cincinnati, if he really was just disgruntled Brian in Cincinnati, and that's why he was playing the way he was this year, there's nobody else on this football team that can do what that guy can do. If he's 70% of the guy he was a year ago, especially with Mayoa now banged up, you're going to play this game without Benson Mayoa, without Bruce Servant, obviously, who you thought going in from a defensive end perspective were your top two edge rushers, and they're both gone in this game against Josh Allen. So, I mean, to me, I, I kind of know what Jamal Adams can do, I think. I don't really know what Carlos Dunlap can do yet in a, in a Seahawks uniform. So I'm fired up to watch him play maybe a little more than Jamal Adams this weekend. I am hoping that Damon Harrison can play. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm hoping he can play because, my God, against Josh Allen at, what, 6'4", 225 on the goal line, I'd love to have a guy like Damon Harrison playing in this game on Sunday. Yeah, I <clears> – <throat> What's going on with that? I'm frustrated about it, man. I'm like, you know, like uh, he seems okay with it, but I don't really get it. I don't get why they sign him and they have him sitting there on the practice squad. And he had to have been really out of shape, really out of shape. Honestly, like this guy had to have shown up 450 pounds before they activate this guy. I mean, Carol even basically admitted it, that he was out of shape and he's got to get back into shape before they can activate him. But look, dude, he's just a big pile of humanity. Just stick him in there. What's he going to be in shape for? I want to see it. I would be really excited to see it. Um, How about you, Dunlop or Adams? Which guy are you more fired up for? Dunlop. I mean, I love, I love pass rushers, man. That's what's made. That's one, the one thing that's made the season tough is, is, uh, it is really hard to watch quarterbacks just sitting there, you know, yeah. their nose and, and, you know, <laughs> throwing the ball with no pressure whatsoever. That Arizona game, 
I know that wasn't their game plan to put a lot of pressure on the QB, but it right. was like, it was just awful. So, well, but a different story last weekend though, right? And, and we, 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 we talked about this, that whatever semblance of a pass rush the Seahawks had was going to have a hard time showing up against Arizona because of how mobile Kyler Murray is. He might be the slipperiest uh, quarterback in the NFL. Is that a word? Slipperiest quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and then last week when they're facing a potted plant in Jimmy Garoppolo, three sacks, six and a half TFLs, and eight quarterback hits in that game. Totally different animal uh, for the Seahawks. Now, obviously, this guy you're facing is more, he's closer to Kyler than he is Garoppolo, but he's also not Kyler Murray either. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, on the rush thing, man. Fix that, and this thing could be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Dave, uh, what's your expectation this weekend? How, what do you, how do you think this game plays out? <clears throat> well, I think, I think if there's a game the Hawks are going to kick, and maybe I feel differently now about that after losing the Arizona game. You're going to kick a game. It may as well be this one, you know, uh, non-conference AFC game, whatever. You got the Rams, you got the Niners, Cardinals again, Eagles, whatever coming up. So uh, those games are probably more important. But I, I, I just think with the way this offense is clicking, getting Jamal Adams back, getting Dunlop out there this weekend, Shaq Griffin's not going to play, obviously, but Trey Flowers is starting to step his game up a little bit, which is nice to see. Uh, I, I think the Hawks eke out a familiar you know, four or five point win this weekend against Buffalo. Nice. No fans, which is great. Yeah. I, I think it's, I don't think it's gonna be close this weekend. I think, I think we're going to see the Seahawks scoring 37, 38 points. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think Josh Allen is going to make some mistakes. I think that, uh, yeah. I think the defense is going to do all right. I think it's going to be, you know, 17, 18 victory. So um, We'll see if the, the defense can hold up. But I think Jamal Adams and Carlos Dunlop are going to make that big of a difference. Yeah. Well, Allen, Allen hasn't played well lately. He's only got one game in the last four with a passer rating over 90, four touchdowns, four picks. So he's kind of falling apart a little bit. And I just think, again, you get a game like this and you go seven and one, you're flying across country. I mean, I, I'm, I'm always impressed when they can fly 3,000 miles away and get a win. So, you know, look, man, I mean, this is this team is built for games like this. There's no question about that. And I can't wait to watch him play Sunday. Awesome. Hey, Dave, thank you for joining as always uh, at Softy KJR on Twitter. Find him on 950 KJR on your radio dial this afternoon. It's going to have Ryan Schottenheimer as a guest. So you got to be there. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Yep. And uh, folks, we will see you Sunday. Don't don't forget uh, post game show will follow immediately. Um, and if you haven't already join over at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Five bucks to get immediate access to the Slack channel. It's been great having all of you in there. So there you go. Have a great Friday. Take care, everybody. Go Hawks.